Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benito, and today we are doing something a little different, actually something that my heart desires to do just as much as I do in law enforcement education training. And I feel like I've hit a certain point in my life where I might be able to help some people who may have been or begun their traveling down the business road. I have had some experience. I'm not proclaiming to be the best business person there's ever been, but clearly we are doing something right. Um, I've been spending about the past seven or eight years deep diving and constant education into business. And uh, I think I have a lot to offer. And if I don't, then I'll just tell you I don't know the answer, but I'll tell you where to find the answer. So without further ado, we've invited... Looks like to be about five people from our group who are, I'm guessing, running small businesses or have small businesses in mind. And we're going to take questions from them and see if I can help them in their small business venture. All the people in this episode are going to be law enforcement officers doing their side hustle or maybe their new profound hustle, whatever it may be. So appreciate all of you being here today. Uh, I guess we'll start with Rob. Rob, if you want to tell us who you are, uh, if not, or you want to tell us about your business, feel free to do so. Whatever you want to say, man, and then you can fire away with uh, some questions. Well, then, first and foremost, I appreciate you for having me on here. Uh, it's a great joy to be around uh, other like-minded people. Sometimes it's difficult to find, right? Uh, my name is Bob Jones. Uh, I'm a, a major crimes detective down here in South Jersey. I won't disclose my agency, but we're a medium-sized agency, about 70, about 70 officers. Are. Now, Yeah, I know yeah exactly, are. right. <laughs> I'm, I've got my nifty five dollar uh, five below headphones on to keep it, you know, just so everyone knows. I guess uh, business is good, Rob. Huh? Business as well. I don't like to brag, but I thought it, you know, tell me I'm doing well without telling me I'm doing well, right? Five dollar fucking headphones. Yeah, exactly. Um, I own a small company down here in Gloucester County called Emerald Valley Tree Supply. Basically, what we do is we grow, uh, distribute, and install privacy trees. Right. So you have, uh, you know, you live in a house. They say good fences make good neighbors. Well, privacy trees make great neighbors, and that's kind of what we what we do. That's awesome, bro. I got like my wheels are turning already. So yeah, I I, yeah. I I could almost guess at what your questions are going to be, and I already have the answers in my brain. Good, and hopefully they help you. So, um, just fire away with the question. Yeah. So, um, I I think my you know my issues as far as being a, a full time police officer and being a business owner. Um, and I speak with my business friends, you know, folks that are strictly business people, right? Uh, my issues are kind of different than theirs, right? Uh, one of the things that I, I kind of, I struggle doing is taking this, taking a step back and, and leaving my hands off. And I want to figure out a way where um, I'm fearful for allowing the business to scale too much. Because again, I still have a full-time, more than a full-time job, right? Is my regular, you know, my regular w, W2 career is concerned. This is just you or you have a partner? Uh, just me as the owner. I've got four four folks that work with us, and then I have a girl that comes in and uh, does our you know does our office stuff and handles really you know really controls a lot of the office operations. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just I'm alone LLC, just out here doing it on my own. Your four people that you employ are um, I'm guessing they're laborers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've been profitable, um, and like I said, one of the things that I've um, one of the things that I've, I've kind of been fearful of is scaling too much. And again, in, in a business perspective, you know, you go to traditional business classes and they're telling you, listen, you're, you're doing, it, it, you're, you know, you're doing, uh, you know, 200,000 a year, you should be doing 300,000 a month. And they're going to, they, they try to teach you to, 
uh, visualize things differently, conceptualize things differently. I'm, I'm not in a position where I can do that. And again, I don't know what my, uh, you know, what my colleagues on the Zoom call are in, you know, financially what their position is, but having a full-time job, I just can't, uh, I couldn't possibly scale to that size and still be an asset to my department and to the, to the guys and girls I work with. How many years you got on? Too many, it seems like. Uh, 19 years. So I'm almost, I'm almost there, but I'm not there, right? I'm in that position where I couldn't just walk out tomorrow and be, and be fine, but I still have a, a good chunk of time left. Well, so this is the, let's talk about that first and then we'll get to the other, the actual question. So yeah, I'm going to try to give a few different scenarios and stories and hopefully it can make sense having context of what the New Jersey pension system is currently. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you fell into the eligibility for the 20 and out plan. I did. Okay. So I would have been in my 21st year this year. I would have been eligible as well. So when people generally start talking about these pension systems, I think one of the biggest things about law enforcement is how tremendously under-trained, and this is just the world in general, but how under-trained or unaware we are of money and what it means. So you talk about 5% difference, I'm sorry, 15% difference in your pension if you stay for another five years past that 20. And then people say, well, the benefits too. Well, we'll talk about that as well, because that's an interesting conversation too. Let's let's unpack this a little bit at the inception, because I think a lot of people are going to find value in this. <clears throat> at 19 years and maybe seven, eight, 10 months away from being able to collect a 50% pension, my suggestion at, at an $80,000 revenue is, um, you know, I would, I would certainly be sticking around to at least make it to the 50%. You're just there. It makes sense. If this was year three or four or five and you actually had some real traction, different conversation. I often tell people like, look, any career that you do, and I'm not just putting into law enforcement only, any career that you do, it doesn't mean you got to do it forever. My brother-in-law, which I found out later on that his mother was running a fuckload of interference in his law enforcement career. And now he's a thriving cop. He's one of those phenomenal cops that like, he's already like legendary. You know, he's doing such a great job. Um, I said to him, bro, just because you took the job doesn't mean you got to do it for 25, 30 years. If you decide in five years, you want to do something else, guess what? You'll be 28 and you can go do something else. Everybody thinks that, and you got to watch the people that you're, you're hanging out around. If you're looking to your coworkers for advice, you've got problems. If you're asking somebody who's broke for business advice, you have fucking problems, dude. It's, it's the last person in the world you want to hear about what to do with your money is somebody who has none. And when I say has none, I mean, is not a millionaire. Like just why would you take advice from anybody who like, would you take passing advice if you're trying to improve your quarterbacking skills from a fucking pop Warner player or want to go and spend time with the, what's the guy from the, from the Patriots? Get Tom Brady. So, you know, that's just, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So um, another thing you have to keep in mind is like, what's the likelihood of you being able to, to, really scale this thing up. You know, you said before that you've done a few other things. I'm curious what those were. You said you were in a restaurant, you were in this and you were that. And I am saying this with all my heart. Again, I'm trying to help. I'm not trying to cast judgment. One thing I've noticed um, is some people just need to find their their place where they're going to succeed the most. And sometimes people get a little delusional about what their experience is. And I can actually, or, or what their skill level is, and I can show all of you ways to get better at this on top of it. So what were the other businesses you were in? 
So I owned a restaurant for, for a while, for several years. It was a, while I was a police officer, I owned a, a small restaurant down here in Gloucester County, a small town called Pittman. Uh, it's a town of about 10,000 people. Uh, that did pretty well. The, the difference with owning the restaurant, now again, I should preface the story with I'd been in the restaurant business as a worker for, for a long time, right? As a kid and then as a young adult before I became a police officer. And I, I even uh, did it a little bit as a police officer uh, part-time. So it was one of those things where I thought I knew the business really well, right? Um, but I didn't realize all the back-end stuff. So I owned the business for, oh, probably two or three years. And then I leased it out for another two or three years. And I eventually sold it to that, um, to that tough purchaser. Business. And, and it's, it's actually it's one tough. of the big, yeah, it's one of the biggest mistakes people make is like, yeah. we just talked about this the other day, is in your mind, it's, it's going to flow so smoothly. And then there's so many, you know, un, unforeseen costs of like, why well, didn't know this cost? I didn't know I needed that. I didn't know I needed this. And you're like, holy shit, this, this may not be worth it. What was the other things you were in? It was tough. Yeah, exactly right. And then I also have uh, an Airbnb business. So I have a property. Uh, you know, I've been blessed to be able to purchase a property down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. We're that's, able to that's, keep that that's very it's kinda, minimally. It's passive, right? That's a little bit more passive income, which I, I don't know. Which that I, anything, like. I, don't think, I don't think anything's passive. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as a passive income. People tend to believe because I watched a YouTube video or heard some fucking yeah. moron say that you can make passive income. It's complete horseshit. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I own two rental properties and I, you know, somebody actually commented on our Instagram story earlier because they put a picture up in my backyard and I have a nice backyard, right? And yeah. there's just, there's no offense or much about it. Somebody wrote blah, 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 something. And I wrote, bro, you haven't seen, like, he's like, I hope you treat your fucking employee, pay your employees well with a backyard like that. Like, first of all, uh, I don't feel like I have to explain myself, but two, you haven't seen the last 15, 25 years of my life. And what right. you didn't know was, I spent this summer renovating a house. And then the following summer, I spent another summer renovating a house. So if it was a drinking fucking tiki teas and having margaritas at the fucking tiki bars, I was literally dying in houses that were so run down. They didn't have air conditioning, completely renovating them and learning, you know, uh, cutting my teeth and like had a learning a lot more about houses and who I had to call. And I was basically a contractor running the subcontract business. So, um, you know, I, it, I think everybody learns as they go along. And your story sounds great, man. I like my hat's off to you. And then you finally found yourself in this place now where you are uh, having traction with this tree company, right? Yeah. And I've been, again, I've been in this, I've been in landscape industry since 2000. So I'm 40, you know, 42 years old now. I just turned 42. So I was like 20 years old when I got into landscape industry. And I've, I've been into it for a while. I've been around kind of those folks, right? I know that industry. I kind of knew it uh, pretty well for a while. And I decided in 2000, you know, 2010, 2011 um, to start up another company it was called South Jersey Tree and Shrub. That was something where we were kind of selling trees uh, more of an online, almost like uh, not a brick and mortar presence, but a little bit more online and selling them through uh, through, web, through our website. And that was really good. That was nice. But, um, you know, people from Oregon would be buying trees and they see South Jersey Tree and Shrub. They're like, why, why am I fucking buying trees from 3000 miles away? Mm -hmm. They didn't realize that they weren't they weren't local. So that's when we changed. We kind of changed the moniker. We changed the direction of the company, and that became a little bit more of a, a brick and mortar style business. Yeah, listen. I mean, I was called NJ Criminal Interdiction when I started, yeah, and then exactly. I realized about right. two years in, I was like, "Well, if we're going to be going national, nobody's going to want to send their people to an NJ Criminal Interdiction course." So I conjured up in two weeks this idea of constantly racking my brain yeah. with a street cop. You know, I wanted something that could be put on shirts, put on stickers that was universal that we could. I envisioned it being many different topics that we would cover. And here we are today doing those things. 
I didn't finish my point before about owning those properties. And you would say I had, I had a two family and I had a single family home. And I, this is me because my brain's fucking crazy. But, uh, you know, essentially I sold them recently within the past 16 months, both houses, because it is not passive income. And I have to focus all my energy, time and efforts into what I'm doing in this office every single day. And whatever's left over goes to being a, a family man. And that's, that's who I, and, and being the best friend I can for people. So I, you know, as, as people like to coin things as passive, I don't believe that there's anything that's passive because I still had to deal with a lot of stuff. And there were just some decisions that had to get made. And for me, where I'm spending my money, time, energy, and effort is back into this company. So I run, I roll a lot of it back in. Now, moving on to your business, do you think that if you actually could do this full-time, you could double your numbers or even like bring up 50%? Yeah, I, I think without question. I don't, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a question of uh, of if. I think it would be a question of can I put the you know can I can I uh, put the the workforce out there because it's there. You know the the product is the product is there. The the customer base is there, uh, and in turn the revenue is there. So I don't think it's a question of can it be done. I just I think it's a matter of. I, and, and again, I, I don't want you to think I know that it's I, a matter I, of, it's a matter yeah. of your, your, your anxiety. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's difficult for me to step back. And I, I literally, I throttled this business purposely. It's, um, it, it's, it's difficult. That. Yeah. It's difficult yeah. because you're, because you're making yourself feel like it's difficult. Yeah. Right. You first, let's start with this. You know what the answer is. Yeah. Right. But fear is a very interesting thing. I actually want to have a artist draw a painting of how I saw myself in the beginning when I started my journey of, I was fucking terrified, man. And it's just like, fear is this bowl. And there's like my face, like fucking locking horns with this thing because, and like going through it. So one thing I'm going to pass along to you guys is, although I have fear, I'm not afraid. For me, I trust me. Whatever decisions I make, I know that no matter what, no matter how hard I fall, I've been down and out plenty of times to know that I'm going to pick myself up and get fucking moving right away. I'm not going to lay out and fucking... Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I saw my, I was dating a girl years ago and she goes, Oh, my father had this business, but then the, and she, my father had this business and uh, you know, through the, when the housing boom happened and now he's basically unemployed, he's been unemployed for a year now and we're a family struggling. And I went to her house on like a Tuesday at one o'clock and this motherfucker's in a pool on a float drinking beers. You know what I mean? So like they weren't down and out because there was no work. They were down and out because their father found an easy thing. He made a lot of money quickly, did this whole crazy. It's just nice guy. But when you had to pivot to something else, when that didn't work anymore, um, he didn't want to do it. He, so he fucking floated around, drank beer. I never get seen. Like, I'm like, you got no fucking money and you're in a pool drinking beers by right, floating around. Now, I'll back it up just a little bit. I don't know what he was going through mentally, but I don't deal with that mentally. Maybe he was really severely depressed and that's what he was dealing with. So. I'm not casting judgment. The point is there's a resolution. So for me, we get hung up on as a cop, you're led into this, this, this belief that if you do your 25, there's going to be this bliss at the end, this fucking paradise. Let's, let's pull that one apart a little bit. Now I have to pay for benefits for some of my children. I'm assuming that you have children too, Bob. Yeah. Um, I pay for catastrophic insurance for my children. It costs me about, for three kids monthly, $491 a month. That's ballpark six grand a year. So for 6,000 bucks, I got to put 6,000 bucks a year to cover three of my kids under my insurance plan. Okay. So we talk about insurance. Um, 
people get hung up on this idea. First of all, are you sick? Are you terminal? And when you look at insurance plans, what makes the one that you're going to get after another five years so much better than the one you could just buy on the marketplace? And the answer is, you'd be surprised what the answer is. You're like, oh shit, I didn't know it was this. So before you start assuming things, always dig in and find the answers. Don't just assume like, oh, I need, I need benefits. I need this. I worked so long for this. To trade off of that promise of benefits to go work another five years, especially making tax money, instead of leaving, taking 50 of what you're making, getting a guaranteed paycheck to never go back to work ever again in your life, and even taking that pension and now you're going to offset it in a year, right? You're going to catch up to what you would have made anyway in a year. But don't forget, that's just the first year. Where you are going to be at year five? You continue to on that progress, 60% growth, 40% growth. If you have a business that has progress and you can you believe in your heart that it seems like there really is no glass ceiling here, that's that's certainly on the map. And you've got to stop telling yourself that it's not. And you've got to stop telling yourself that you need to do these extra five years to get that extra 15%. Because what's happening is you're costing yourself probably millions of dollars by making that decision. The problem is we make those decisions because we're told by our friends who know nothing about life, business, finances, money. No, I'm going to do 30. I want to get that extra 5%. That'll okay. That's wrong. And we laugh about it here. And it's, we don't, I say this, we could hear it, but it's completely asinine. If you have progression and growth and momentum, like you have, if you have nothing else going on, do you know what I mean? If you want to be that person and you don't like change and da da da, great. Like do that then. We're not talking about this for everybody. This is for people who are sitting here who are interested in hearing this. So it's a cop's perspective to another cop of like the lies that you're that you're led uh, along, you know that that people tell you, and then this this hang up of like, well, I got to stay. So I heard you saying a lot about like, well, I got 19, but I got time to go. I got a full time job. In my opinion, you have eight months left, right? I don't know how much time you have to burn, but. If I have a business doing 80 and I think it could do 120 if I leave and go do it full time, like I'm hitting the emboss click button and I'm gone in fucking seven months. I'm going to actually go talk to the lady today who's my secretary and see how much fucking time I got to burn. It sounds crazy, but do you, the question is, do you trust yourself? Yeah, I, I do. And I, I trust my people uh, just as importantly. And I again, guess what? I think, if your yeah. fucking people leave, you could find more people. Right, right. Right. So yeah. you just have to trust you. Don't worry about everybody else. Yeah. Do I trust Bob? Yeah. And if the answer is, yeah, I trust Bob, I'm going to be there, I'm going to grind, I'm going to have the discipline to show up, then there's no question about it. You need to really start putting some focus on literally leaving at 20. Yeah. You'd be fucking nuts not to. And the scary thing is, I can say this, and I've got a, I, I, I might see you in three years, and I go, so what was the thought? And you're like, well, I was going to do the five extra, because you're letting your fucking, your lizard brain, your amygdala, your fight or flight response make decisions for you. I have fear, but I'm not afraid. I don't, I'm in control. I'm not worried about what this thing is telling me, right? I mean, I just, I'm in control. I take ice cold showers in the morning after I'm done taking a hot shower. I mean, I'm talking fucking cold, bro, like 48 degrees. And it's fucking cold. But every day I do it because I want to show myself that I'm in control of it. So then when sometimes I step out of it, I'm like, God damn, that was hard. Go back in that shit because you're in control. One big variable for all of you to hear if you're interested in business development is discipline is a major variable. And you've got to start to account for what your day looks like, what your personal life looks like, what your behaviors are, and how much time are you educating as well. That's part of the discipline. So folks, I, I literally, I'm only saying this to you as a friend because I feel like if I don't fucking share this, 
And all these men and women who are trying to do more don't get an opportunity to get some perspective. Maybe it's just one thing that I say, you might go, I'm going to listen to this motherfucker. That actually made sense to me. That's all it took for me nine years ago. I'm fucking meet a guy and I'm seven years ago. I mean, I'm having dinner with him tonight. My friend, uh, you ever see Rob sells New Jersey on the Steins? So that's my friend, Rob DeCancy. We'll get him on a podcast and interview him for shit like this, right? I'm going to dinner with him tonight. I always tell him, you changed my life. He goes, how? I go, because I just needed to hear it. I needed to see it. And I didn't know it was possible. So I'm hoping I could be that. You needed to hear it. You need to see it. You didn't know it was possible. And then I started hear, listening to stories. His brother was telling me, he's like, I made 130000 this month. And he's five years younger than me. And the things we're talking about, he's like, what are you worried about your benefits? I'm like, yeah, what do you do if you don't want benefits? He's like, I made 130000 He's like, so if I need a fucking, uh, if I need to go get a, a new knee for 50 grand, I'll take a week and a half's pay and go get a fucking new knee. And guess what? I get to choose my doctor too. And I'm like, God damn it. Right? Like, oh, these guys are making sense to me. Right? They're, they're, they're like, they're, they're making sense to me. So you all got to understand for this initial conversation, the things that are in your ears and you need to block out all the people that are the naysayers shun the non-believers and start putting into your brains these business podcasts, these business books. And I'll give you a list of them before we leave. I'll, I'll rattle them off. Um, and if you're in the car and you're driving and not listening to the Street Cop podcast, but if you're in business, f- stop listening to this fucking podcast and go into business podcasts. I don't even listen to my podcast. I'm not saying that. I just, I trust, I listen to bits and pieces here and there. And I'm a podcast producer. And I, you know what I have to make sure I'm doing okay? People writing to me like, yo, your podcast is very good. I'm like, thank you. But I'm spending time on the development of this podcast by listening to other podcasts and the development of this business. So, you know, when you're driving, when you're working out, when you're, when you're doing all these things, uh, when you're gardening outside, not spending time with your kids because you got to stay focused, but when you're when you're like, oh, I got to clean the garage. Well, grab a fucking radio and put on something you can learn from while you do that. Make use of the time. You have to be obsessed. There's great books called Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. What, what a phenomenal book. Um, so obsession, discipline, fact-checking yourself, holding yourself accountable. Am I behaving the way that a business... How much time are you putting in a week into your business? Because it better be seven days a week. I'm telling you right now, one, I don't want any partners, but two... I had a guy see me and he goes, you know, I, I need help in my business. I have a good idea. I go, you work on Sundays? He goes, no, I don't work on Sundays. I go, I'm not your partner. I, it's a seven-day-a-week thing. This is not a bullshit. You want to make bullshit. People say, oh, I want to be a realtor. I'm going to do it part-time. Part-time realtors make part-time money. You want to sell three houses a year? Be a part-time realtor. You'll sell your fucking cousin a house. You'll sell your fucking neighbor a house. And you'll sell your best friend a house. You'll make 15, 20 grand. You'll think it's a grand slam home on home run, which is great. If that's what you want to do, but if you want to be a fucking badass realtor, you got to be a double full-time hundred hour a week realtor. That's how it works. That's Rob Dukansky's not a great realtor. Rob Dukansky's a, a great businessman. Now, let's go back to your question, Bob. I just wanted to give everybody that piece of advice because I, I, I share it nonstop and I give the education in this office a lot. We have dinners with people who are in business. They want to get advice. I'm like, fuck, I should tell the whole world, you know, because you all need to know and des- you all deserve at least the perspective of like, this is what it is. So this way, when you're not getting it or it's not working out, you could say, I did not listen to anything this man said. And that's why I'm here. I've figured out some of it. Not all of it. I'm sitting here trying to unlock nonstop, trying to figure out this next fucking piece. But I figured out a lot. And I've owned a barbershop. Um, I, I, I had a successful real estate team. The barbershop was 
moderately successful, and I'll chalk it up to me not having complete control of it, where I just had to walk away from it uh, with no animosity. It's part of the deal, but had I been in control of it, it would have it would have flew. Um, and uh, you know, I, I became an award winning realtor within I don't know twenty two months of getting my real estate license. And people are like, "How the fuck are you doing this?" I'm constantly educating. I'm obsessed with it. I'm trying to learn business. I'm taking some inherent marketing skills that I know, and uh, and I'm and I'm trying and I'm applying them here. And then the world starts speaking to me again. Rob Dukansky's the first person. He's like, "I said, yeah, I just made this much doing a class in uh, in Bergen County. I just did that." And he goes, "Why don't you just do those?" He's like, "Is there is, is the money there?" Yeah, maybe I don't know. He's like, "We got to look into that shit, dude." So I said, okay, that's what I'll do. And then maybe a few months later, I actually ended up gotten to have a sit down with Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you guys are familiar who that is, but Gary V. And I would suggest that all of you start following him immediately, listen to his podcast. But he's like, you need to leave real estate and do this police thing 100%. He's like, you got to leave it. And I'm like, uh, but I made this much money. I start making real money, uprooting my family, moving them from where we are to a thousand square feet to a significantly larger house. And I got to be careful what I say because I'm people be like, oh, you know, everybody's quick to cast judgment, but they don't know my story. So I don't give a fuck. Um, I've earned everything. Nobody's given me a fucking thing. Right. I've literally had my head on the table wondering how I'm going to figure this out. And I just continued to swim and it worked out. But I wanted to give you that, you know, that advice up front about don't get hung up on this whole idea. You're going to stay to 25. It might be the best thing you ever do to leave at 20. As long as you believe that you can make 40 more, because then you're now back at where you're at now and you don't got to be a cop anymore and you don't got to risk being shot in the fucking face. That's it. 20 years. You, you, you did enough time, Bob. I mean, give your wife a fucking break. You know what I'm saying? She'll probably be relieved. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. There's four, there's four kids here too. So that's, uh, that's another, Brother, you know, same thing. You yeah, know, yeah, same thing. Yeah. What was the question initially you had? I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, just how do I, you know, what, what gave you the confidence to be like, okay, I'm just going to go do street cop training. That's going to be my, that's going to be my angle. That's what I'm doing. And I think that's, you know, one of the things I was fucking I terrified, Bob. And I didn't make right. that decision for about three months. I didn't right. tell the rest of the world for about another year. Right. Until people, until I literally announced at some point that I am no longer in real estate because people wanted me to be the realtors. I was a very good realtor. Yeah. So um, I was fucking terrified and I sat with my wife and I'll tell you the story. I said, brace yourself one step back, three steps forward. Right. And she goes, what is it this time? I did it when we bought a house. So we were, I owned a two-family. I lived in it with my kids. I had, a, I had a deal on the table. I could not ignore it. I had an inside deal on a house. But I, the only money I had was trying to move us to a better house because I had three kids at this point. Or we had two and she was pregnant. And I said, uh, we're not buying a house this year. And she was like, oh, you better fucking up with something real good. I said, well, that it uh if I do this, it'll be much better in the, in the long term. I know we got to eat it for another 12 months. So this time I sit with her and I go, um, I'm going to leave real estate. And her face is like, because we've been down in the, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten punched in the financial fucking throat. I have taken some rough haircuts. And now we're finally breathing and feeling like this better life. And like, we're making some significant revenue. And she goes, well, what does that mean for like us? And I go, it means you got to stop spending money. And we just got to fucking hunker down and we're in this house. We already bought our house and I bought a, I bought a house that was a little outside of my means purposely 
I always try to level up. I always try to get things that are a little bit more outside of where I'm comfortable. That's how I live my life. That's how I actually advise everybody in this office to live their lives. And I, it's actually amazing to watch people do that and how much they grow because you're constantly catching up and accustoming your life to living that level. Well, anyway, so she said, uh, well, how long do you think it's going to take before you can make up the revenue that you're doing with Street Cop from, you know, from the loss on real estate to Street Cop? I said, uh, 18 to 24 months. She was like, oh, wow. I did it in nine by focusing all my efforts in street cop training and relieving myself from real estate. But I worked. I was disciplined. I showed up. I did the fucking work. I didn't fuck off. I don't go on vacations. I don't drink alcohol. I don't goof around. I'm up. I I get up early. I do all the things you have to do to have constant success. And the biggest one I can give you is constant self-education. Unless you're dealing with something mentally and you need escapism to watch Netflix and fucking Hulu, like everything you should be doing is how to grow my business more because it's just a nugget that you're like, oh shit, that's good. So, um, dude, I, I think if you trust you, it's the people that think they know what they're doing and are like taking a risk and may not be so good at business. Those are the ones I'm concerned about. And I've told people like, you're really bad at business. Like, does it make it? bad to have a job. It is really not for everybody. And I'm talking about not for 99% of people. This is no business. I watch them, dude. I I know I can almost tell what your business is about by your fucking name. Like when you name a business, I already know who you are. Like, I'm not kidding you. When I see like Tommy and Jones burger place and waffle house, I'm like, you're fucking done. The only thing that keeps things uh, afloat and is backed by bad business is the most quality product there is. There's a restaurant down the street from us now in, on 33 here in Freehold. I'm sorry, it's actually Manalpin. And it's called La Lupa. And I'll give them a plug. They have the best food in New Jersey. And probably close to Butcher's Block. I haven't been there in a long time. But Butcher's Block is excellent too. And there's a few other good ones around. And I'll give Cousins a good mention in Marlboro Township as well. I eat there all the time. But La Lupa is better. Just this. Told the kid when I was there last week, I go, your product's so good that you could fuck this whole thing up and people will still be in here every single day. You only got to figure out how to get the goddamn food on the table, tasting the way it does. And you could fuck everything else up and you'll still make a couple hundred grand a year. But if you understood business, this could be a couple million dollars a year. That's the difference. It won't. I have friends of mine that are phenomenal artists. Um, I'm trying to keep it vague so I don't put anybody on blast. They're the best at... Uh, fences, right? Putting up fences. Here's a guy who's doing 300, doing fences a year, take home. And I'm watching this, like the book of business is nine months long. You can't get in. He's so backed up. And I'm saying, where's your second team, right? Where's the third team? Why are there not three crews out? And I'm watching him work and putting up the fucking fences, right? I'm watching him doing it with them. Like that's not so... And there's a failure to educate there. Like, you know, you got to constantly see how you can change this thing. I would take that business if I wanted a fence company. And I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'm going to be consuming smaller businesses. Um, But I would take that business and I could double and triple those numbers in the first year of me having it. Just because I know that, all right, he's got nine months of business on this book, backed up, put three crews together. Can't find good people. I pay more. I saw somebody yesterday, I know, run the landscape company. I said, you know, you're having a difficult time finding people. I don't want to say anything to the guy because I don't think he was receptive to it. He goes, you know, it's, uh, can't find any, anybody good. In my mind, I'm like, well, then raise prices and high and pay more for your people. 
what can I tell you? If it's $50 a lawn, $65 a lawn, it is what it is. You're the best. They trust you. And give your guys an extra seven bucks an hour each. You, We can't find good people. I, guys, the days of $15 day, an hour day laborers, they're gone, right? You've got people from other countries are coming here. They know what their worth is. They know there's nobody else to do it. And as soon as they figure out they're worth 30 bucks an hour, they're going to say, you're paying me fucking $30 an hour. And they're not wrong. And that's just the the game has changed where we cannot leverage off these quote unquote um, people who have just entered into this country uh, to try to get them to work for smaller amounts of money. And people they 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 are now commanding a deserving and a competitive income, and people just can't stomach that. They're like, I pay these guys seventeen an hour now they want twenty two. I'm like, yeah, of course they want twenty two. Their rent's fourteen hundred a month, right? Of course they want twenty. They're busting their ass. Matter of fact, you might want to give them 27 so somebody else doesn't try to take that A worker that you had, that star. So I'm just trying to think of the things that I've that I've seen and I'm passing along to you. And I think other people are actually getting as they're nodding their head yes. Uh, some of the advice here, they're agreeing with it, and it may actually resolve some of the questions before we move on. So I think you should leave it 20 if you believe in your heart. Um, you don't have to put golden handcuffs on for the rest of your life. And you hit 20, you, you know, you're there. You know what the answer is. Soul search, don't make knee-jerk reactions. Put them, put the numbers together on paper. It'll it'll work out. Don't let your anxiety dictate your, your decisions. Don't let your fucking fear use fear as a north star. I mean, it is my compass. If I'm scared of it, I'm doing it. Is that good? What else you want to ask anything? We can come back around to you too. Sure, we can come back. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to um, let's do Andrew. All right. Hey, uh, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. Andrew, uh, can I guess in saying that you're probably in a CrossFit business? No, this is my uh, gym slash shop, my uh, garage. Nice, so. dude. You're like, it's like a fucking dojo. <laughs> yeah, I like to do uh, karate in my American flag pants, you know. Um, awesome, dude. Taekwondo. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, my name is Andrew Phillips. Uh, I've been a police officer, actually a public safety officer in Northern California for five years. So pretty new. Um, and I own a small business called Stan watch knives, um, which kind of started out as a way to, uh, de-stress from work. Actually I had a couple, uh, cases that were kind of stressful. Um, as you guys all know, we have those few that stand out in our careers and, uh, just with the statistics of police officers drinking and, um, you know, turning to other things. And I stopped working out at the time. I just wanted to look for something that was a way to de-stress. So I actually uh, YouTubed a couple of videos, learned how to make some knives and then made some for buddies. And before I knew it, it kind of turned into a full-time thing. They're called Stan Watch Knives? Correct. So it's just it's just your company, right? I actually have a business partner. Um, the first one that I prototyped and made was for my friend. Um, and he was like, oh man, we could probably turn this into something. And I thought, you know, no way. Uh, this is just kind of my my way of going out to the shop and tinkering with stuff and, and de-stressing. And uh, he's a lot more business minded than I am. Um, he actually works in the concrete business and um, does all the bidding and payouts and stuff like that. So he kind of does that side of it right now. And he's my partner for it. Spell how do you, it's S-T-A-N. Stand, watch. Oh, stand, 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 stand. Oh, there was stand. Who the fuck is stand? You got it right there. <laughs> Can I see that? Stand. Yeah, you got a good following on Instagram. Um, and and what's the before I ask more questions, what is your question? Um, I guess my question, I have a couple. 
is at what point, I mean, I guess you, you said that uh, you moved into real estate, but at what point would you even consider doing anything full time? I have a couple of coworkers that are like, man, you could, I think you could do this full time. Uh, obviously, since I'm making them all myself, I don't have anyone else helping me. Uh, I'm doing about seven a month. Yeah, pause that there. See, the problem with that is, is your expandability is difficult. The only thing you can do to increase money when you're doing it yourself is to charge significantly more for the knives. It's like a boutique Correct. shop. You know what I mean? That's all. That's Correct. the only way. Unless you're going to teach somebody to make them, or you know somebody else that does them just like you do. The problem is, is I'm assuming that's a very, very interesting skill to have, unique. And those people are going to want the money, right? You can't just hire some guy and teach him how to make the knives, right? Right. And that's that's kind of where I'm I'm stuck. If I even ever wanted to consider it, that's what what I would have to do is 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 either teach someone, which I've talked to my business partner about teaching him, um, or expand. We've actually this is kind of a tangent. We're actually looking at more of the production route um, of hiring shops to like, hey, cut this out for us. This is the CAD file for it. This is how as long as you, don't lose, quali- as long as you don't lose quality and start diminishing your name. Correct. That's Correct. that's the issue. And here's another one like, okay, you guys make high end knives, Mm -hmm. but like, how about like, can you guys circumvent some of that money or instead of circumvent, supplement some of your money with, looks like it's a cool brand, like shirts, hats, stickers, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that, knife holders, things that you don't have to have your hands in that because you're building brand. Who is your client? Like, who is buying these knives? Uh, a lot of first responders okay. and uh, active duty military and things like that. What are you charging for a knife? Depends. Uh, what do they, they start range, at? What do they top at? Uh, the, they start at about 400 and then the top end is about 800 for the, yeah, yeah. the custom. Yeah. Yeah, so we're doing about seven a month um, and we're selling out within the last sale we had was 10 knives and we sold out in a minute. So the demand wow. is there. I love but it. I just, I'm you know kind of interesting? stuck. What you think your curse is, is actually your gift. It's the scarcity thing. Mm-hmm. So guess what, dude? I think you should charge more to start. See how that does. Contemplate it. I, everybody is fucking scared to charge more. You know what the good news is about charging more is? Is if it's too much, you can always go back. Right. I told my, my dry cleaner, I go in, I go, uh, I like the guy a lot. I said, You're, you, don't, you don't charge enough money. He goes, what do you mean? I go, this is fucking nuts. Like that, I pay this much in this town that I live in an expensive town. I go, bro, put your think about. I go, what do you make a month? He goes, I make about twelve to fourteen gross. I go, okay. So Ed, this shirt cost me what two dollars and fifty cents to dry clean. Tack me up twenty percent. Make it three bucks. I'll never fucking bat an eye at it. I don't give a rat's ass about fifty cents. Nor does anybody else. But when you start adding to the back end of things, what would two three thousand a month do for you? He's like, it would be a big difference. I go. Um, what? And he goes, well, what if people say something? I go, then you fucking, okay, cool. How about this one? 10% of your clientele gets pissed and leaves. By the way, he's the only person who has a fucking store in my town. So nobody's leaving. Everybody, if you actually look at the Census Bureau, I think my town's one of the highest gross income towns. Nobody gives a fuck about a dollar. Like, my fuckers are pulling up in $400,000 cars, $150,000, $200,000. What the fuck can people get? They care about convenience. Mm-hmm. I said, so if, if you raise your prices 20% and 10% of your clients left, you're still making 10% more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, dude, I think if it's that much of a, of, a, of a novelty to own one of these knives and they sold out in a minute, I like this. But you got to <laughs> ask yourself a question. Are you going to be a freelancer? 
or you're going to try to run a business. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a freelancer, you don't need a partner. You know what I mean? If you're going to, if you're going to make knives, um, how many could you make a month if you weren't a cop? Oh, I could easily make 30 or so. Oh, I think, dude, you know, you got to ask yourself a question. And the question is, is like, what do I want to do? Do I want to want to run a company or do you love making knives? And guess Mm -hmm. what? It's not a bad thing to love making knives because Mm -hmm. if you really think about it, Andrew, um, if you could sell a knife and just make thousand dollar knives 30 times a month to the whole United States, and you've got a big following on Instagram, uh, that's, that's, that's about fucking, I'm guessing take home after all your expenses are done, probably three fifteen a, a year. Mm-hmm. And you get to do it at your leisure and what you want to do. And you could do it like you could take off Friday and be like, Hey, fuck it. I want to go fish with my friends on Friday, but that means I'll work till three o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm making my own fucking knives mm-hmm. for me right now, if that's what you want to do and you're trying to not figure out the scale, don't think there's not money because you can't scale. You've got, you got the opposite problem. When I had the barbershop, mm-hmm. I told my partner on the barbershop, I said, shut this place down, shut this whole motherfucker down, get rid of this thing, get rid of, give me, you know, give me what, you know, my share back, whatever. Go down to, there's a place in Jersey, like Tewksbury and not Tewksbury, um, like red, the Red Bank area, huge money. Dude. I mean, huge, huge money. Every house got four fucking Lamborghinis in the driveway. I go, go down there, rent 300 square feet of space, put two barber chairs in, find one other talented guy and charge a hundred dollars a haircut and make it so you can't get in. Right. You could do eight of these a day. Plus they're going to tip you 50 bucks because they just don't give a fuck. Cause they're literally making a hundred million dollars a year and they're going to like you. And they're going to like the way they look. Mm-hmm. Guy's a fucking amazing barber and he's classy and all that shit. I said, so you're over here breaking your fucking balls on these eight chairs when you could go make more money working on those one or two chairs, even just one chair, just make it exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. You'll have people calling you go, listen, I don't give a fuck. Uh, can you get me on a Monday? I'll give you $200. I'm telling you how it's going to go. It's a boutique shop. So you're thinking scalability is the answer. Maybe just raising prices and spending more time. I love, dude, I, you actually like get me fucking excited because <laughs> what I love the best about it is the variable of control is you. Mm-hmm. When we had a barber shop, when I was part of that, barbers are the fucking worst, dude. Like there's a lot of good ones out there, but barbering hence, happens to go with like a lot of heroin use and illicit drug use. They're a fucking nightmare for them. Yeah. I mean, this guy's been in prison. So they're late. They're fucking, then they start re fucking lapsing on their drug issues. Then they're fucking this. Then they're, not acting and behaving appropriately. And then they're doing this and they're stealing and they're, oh, and then you, you, you what do you tell? Go, you're fucking fired. Well, then we're not making money on the guy's chair. Can't fire everybody. So they got us by the balls. I love when nobody's got me by the balls. Street mm-hmm. cop training for me is like, I am lucky because law enforcement work, let's face facts, is like the best guys and girls that you know. If you really think about it, it doesn't mean that you want to hang out with them, but like, Nobody in this profession, I'm talking to fucking five other cops here. Nobody in this profession is a piece of shit like that, right? Like they may be like a, like, you know, I don't know, like a bum a little bit, but in their souls, they're not horrible human beings where some of these people are, right? They're fucking like stealing. Um, but back at Street Cop Training, like I said, I have 30 something instructors now. They're all great. I never got to worry about it. Like they're receptive. They're good dudes. Um, we have a good staff. But the reality is if like worst case scenario, I could go out and do this fucking thing myself on my own back and and really float a complete lifestyle based on what I've built so far. Just me alone. 
I never want to do that. I knew I had to expand because I was trying to have impact on the world. So when I saw this, I said, all right, I would say to people, I thought I was doing a lot as one cop on the side of the road. Then I'm like, all right, I'm doing a lot as the 112 guys that I taught today and the 104 that I teach next week and the 68 that I'll grab. And, I, and then I'm like, hold on a second. We're not having enough to 700,000. I'll never teach 750,000 cops. So now I'm doing much more impact as what, 30 instructors teaching a thousand cops each a month or whatever it may be. Now we're really having impact. So that's what I'm keep ramping up while trying to keep quality of the thing. You know what I mean? Testing this mm-hmm. work, this didn't, most of it works. Some of it doesn't, you know, people come and go, that's how it goes. But I could have certainly done a boutique thing where it could have been just me, but I'm, I, that's not how I saw changing the world. Now you're with knives. You've got collectors, you've got people who are obsessed with these knives. Oh, dude, I raise prices. I mean, do you have an agreement with your partner now? Yeah, yeah, we have a, and it helps. He's my best friend, which I guess could be a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we agree on a lot of things, but we do have a formal agreement. Okay, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I would consider me, I don't know what your business comprehension skills are and how effective that you may be. Mm-hmm. I want to caution everybody about partners. You know, really, before you take on partners, I, I want to, it's people who are not even in this podcast episode right now, it's a dangerous road. And they, it usually, for the most part, doesn't end up well. I told this kid at this, at this place down the street, at this restaurant, I said, if you aren't getting the business side of it, because you've, I told him, you got the art licked, like you got this down, like there's nothing better to hit the fucking pinnacle to be such a young guy to have a restaurant that has food that fucking good from a guy who knows food. I'm like, you got the art done, but if you're not having progression in the business, other than this thing here and this continually pumping because your product's so good, may want to consider taking a partner on who knows the business side of it to blow this motherfucker up through the roof. Like we're talking about doing some psychology stuff here. Um, Hannah Heyman, um, she is obviously our in-house clinician and she wants, she's talking about, we're talking about doing something for cops and having exclusive only law enforcement mental support. And there's got to be revenue procured in it, but I'm like, you know, you could do it on your own or you could partner with me and I can, we can fucking do six times what you think you do your first year, your first year, because I've been in the fucking weeds for seven and a half years, grinding a hundred percent, seven days a week and constantly educated. Like I'm fucking sick with this stuff. I love it. So I don't know. Um, maybe at some point you want to decide if you want to be an entrepreneur or a freelancer and there's nothing wrong with either one of those, dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't think you can't have a fucking beautiful life at three and a quarter a year. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful life, dude. You know what I'm I mean? Working all that OT. <laughs> Bro, doing what and you I gotta... love, enjoying it, right? Like, 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 I get it, man. Like, cop work is awesome. I love it, da-da-da. But like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's and, and that's okay. You don't got to worry about other people's mm-hmm. judgment. It's okay to want to do something else because maybe, dude, number one, it's your fucking life. So yeah. who fucking cares what people think? People, my mother said to me one time, she goes, oh, I can't believe you're leaving the police department. I can't believe it. You know, I love telling my friends that you're a cop. I go, boy, if you love telling them I'm a cop, you're going to love telling them I'm a fucking millionaire. You just wait. <laughs> yeah. And and that's just me. And maybe it's not for everybody. Don't get your head hung up on this whole thing that you've got to have a fucking Bugatti to make, to be happy. Totally. Right? I could probably make another 22% a year in street cop training, but I have four kids and Bob will tell you, i I am not going to be one of those people who's 65 and says, I fucked up. I should spend more time with them. So I'll leave 22% more growth on the, on the table 
and not take it to be regarded as a great father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I made a decision to not just be a freelancer, to be an entrepreneur or, sorry, you know, to, and an entrepreneur means some, something that continues to make money while they sleep. Two completely different things, Andrew. Like very, I can't very. emphasize that enough. Being an artist and being an entrepreneur, they are two fucking different things. Right. And I'm actually dialing back now how much I'm in the company to work on the company. It's a big, Bob, you're talking about fucking, you want to talk about fear? I'm like, don't book me as many classes, Ugh! right? Like, cause that's a big revenue stream for me. And I'm like, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to try something else. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. My gut tells me I'm right. But I have to have the discipline show up here. You know what I'm saying? So, Andrew, I, I like the idea. If you're, if you're selling that quickly, jack it up. Yeah, and we're, and we're coming out with, you know, we have T-shirts like these and these hats and things like that cool. that we're just trying to throw online to Guess what, make dude? some. You, you can hire a part-time person to do that for mm-hmm. $22 an hour. And, and they can run your online thing and just give them a little context. You can probably get somebody who can design clothing. You got to look. Don't tell yourself this thing. Oh, I'm putting an ad out. I'm not getting good people. Keep fucking going, yeah. dude. You'll yeah. find them. Keep going. Oh, this, I hate this one. You can't find good people. That's because you don't even fucking try. Because you got two guys that you thought sucked, or two girls that you thought sucked. I have a team of the most talented fucking people you're going to see in your life under in an office. And um, you know we've had to part ways with other people to get mm-hmm. to this, right? Like I just heard a podcast the other day. It said you know. You go into the Super Bowl with a shitty team, you go into the Super Bowl with a fucking powerful team. Not everybody makes the NFL. You know what I mean? Yep. Like not, not everybody makes a team. Just the way it is. So you've got to tell yourself, you know, am I what am I doing? But I, I like the idea of going to 750 a knife to start mm-hmm. and 250 on the other end. Did we say with the most expensive knife you saw a thousand bucks? Uh it's around eight hundred. And that's like a specialty custom. Oh, dude, that's that, that's a twelve hundred dollar knife in my opinion. Somebody's paying eight hundred for a fucking knife. They'll pay they'll pay twelve hundred for a knife. Yeah, handmade by the guy. Oh, forget it, dude. Thirty of them a month, <laughs> fucking thousand dollars a piece, plus Be fucking nice. t shirt sales. The only thing I'm gonna tell you is that if you're gonna have t shirt sales and you're paying that person twenty two an hour, make sure you're selling at least enough shirts to make fifty dollars an hour. Right. You don't well, want to be I, selling I, shirts and paying somebody's salary with this with the sales. I do but all my at the own same shirts. time, don't forget. I'm gonna just. I don't. I got to get this stuff out because I'll forget it. But don't forget your shirts, like these shirts here, they're marketing plays. So like people wear street cop training clothing and I don't buy shit. I always buy quality stuff, but it's also marketing plays. People are seeing it nonstop. So I don't have a lot of margin, contrary to popular belief on when you start factoring in how much time I'm putting into it, who I got to pay salaries for, all this stuff. There's not a lot of margin on the merch. I just like the idea that the merch is out there for the branding play. And we've earned the right for people to say, I want to wear that because this logo says people like us do things like this. If you want to wear it, they're proud of it. You guys are here today listening to me because you trust me at some level because of the things you've heard. That's it. And I'm honestly saying this with no ulterior motive other than the fact that like, I know some things, if I can help you with it and it makes sense, great. If you think I'm fucking crazy, tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. Right. But maybe, maybe just maybe I, I might be able to say something that makes you think. You don't have to listen to me, but thousand dollars a knife, twelve hundred a knife, thirty a month. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I love it, dude. And maybe having the conversation with your partner of like, I don't think I need you. You know, can I just give you? Can I can I buy you out for ten grand? If he's your best friend, he should say, you know what, dude, 
I don't know how much skin he has in the game, how much time he has put into it. But you might say like, hey, I know you had a lot of time. I know you put 100 hours in last month. I get that you put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. Let's figure it out something. I don't want to lose our friendship, but I want to do this thing freelance and I'm not going to be, I want to do it myself. Mm-hmm. He's actually way more business minded than I am. So that helps. Um, I'm more of the creative side. I was actually in marketing for close to 10 years before becoming a cop. So that side I'm more focused on in the creative side, but he's way more business minded than I am. So that part is actually very helpful. And I see value in that. But how much, but how much value does it bring? You know, like what, what's the split? Yeah. Don't, don't even tell me what it is. I just, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it, you need that? Can you just buy some audiobooks and while you're working, jam into fucking mm-hmm. business podcasts and stuff like that? Like, oh shit, there's a good unlock. Mm-hmm. No, Andrew, I mean, I would get the thing going where you're selling 30 knives a month. For me, this is what I would think you would do. And I, this is part of why I was punching in the fucking face, but I would, I would sell 30 a month and make 300 grand, $350,000 a year, you know, 360, 400 grand a year for the mm-hmm. rest of That's a lot. How about this? You take, you make 400 grand a year right now for the next three years, take that, take a hundred thousand salary, work with a very, very talented investment uh, strategist. I'm not talking about calling Edward Jones or fucking these other places where you're going to get some kid who's 22 who's, who's diversifying your You don't want that. That's a huge mistake. You find somebody who's worked, the guy, right? We have a guy that we work with. You could make a sick, comfortable, conservative 6% return on your money. Put a mill in the bank. Make 60000 a year on that. Just keep fucking stacking chips that you want to do. Put two mil in a bank. Now you're making 120 on a fucking interest and the compound interest. Don't touch it. Now you're making fucking... Yeah, there's so many different ways you can go about this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just love it. But I would really consider about how much value is my partner bringing me? And is it worth whatever I'm giving them? If, you, if he's mm-hmm. taking a thousand bucks a month to give you strategy and business advice, you can get a fucking coach, dude. You know what I mean? You hire a business coach who actually knows what they're talking about. You got these guys who ran these $100 million companies that are just looking to help and make a little extra cash. They may have 20 clients doing a thousand bucks a piece for, for, for 20 minutes. And they're going to go, yeah, don't fuck, do this, do that, do that. Okay, cool. That works. And listen. But if you're giving somebody 15, 20,000 a month to give you business advice, unless their last name is Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I get that he might have some business. Is he a millionaire 10 times over? No. Yeah, that's my point, mm-hmm. right? If if you got fucking uh, Robert Hershevik or anybody from Shark Tank who wants to join up, yeah, 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 give it, split with them, mm-hmm. right? Gary Vaynerchuk walks into this office right now and goes, I want half a street cop training, but I'm your partner. I'm going, where do I sign? You know, like, where do I sign? Right, we do good. We're, 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 we're close to a fucking eight-figure company. And I've only been doing this really 100% about three and a half years. And that was when we went from um, six figures to seven to almost eight in about just about four years, a little less. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I reveal that to you uh, to to give you context of like, you know, uh, what real growth and or, or what I'd have to do to give somebody half of my shit. Mm-hmm. You have asked me. People are like, "Yo, I want, I want to, I want to buy in. I believe in you." I'm like, "Yeah, you want to cut a check for a quarter million dollars for two percent? Like, what do you think this is? This is a fucking game?" This yeah. ain't my backyard hobby. Twenty plus full time employees, got thirty five instructors and fifteen in the hopper. Right, we're just getting started. Fucking plans, like you wouldn't believe, dude. But that's me. I don't need a fucking partner. 
I hire people. You don't need a partner. You could hire people. I think that kind of leads into the next question is, is if you don't mind, if I ask another go, one, go, go, man, is uh, I've only been doing this a year and most of the money or profit that I've made actually isn't even profit. It's buying equipment, you know, like the industrial belt sanders or heat treating the knives or equipment or things like that. What does it cost to heat treat a knife? I'm doing it all myself. So it was just equipment. But now that we are going more large, I mean, I don't want to say large scale, but now that we're going more production, I'm going to have to outsource it. So it's about $2 a knife, which isn't that bad considering the time. On a thousand dollar knife? Yeah. Oh, so. I guess it's kind of a two-part question is, would you continue to purchase equipment to decrease your overhead or would like, like yes. I pay for like, I uh, have a guy that specializes in Cerakote coating for the knives. Would, should I invest in buying that equipment and just teach myself and reduce that overhead or continue to pay him that? How long does it take money? to Cerakote a fucking knife? That's the question. Can you, it doesn't you know, take like, that long. How long? Uh, I would say probably just one day to do. Uh, at least 20. I mean, if you really wanted to sit down and go for it, you can knock it out one day. How about this, dude? Right? Like you got to look at the numbers. What do you get? If you, if you took that day and made knives, is it worth it? You know, um, Andrew, I don't do shit at my house, right? Like I literally look at my basement. I'm like, this place is a fucking mess. Who the fuck is going to clean it? Cause it's not me. Right. People are like, you don't clean your own. You don't cut your grass. Like motherfucker. I live on two fucking acres. I ain't cutting a goddamn, I haven't cut grass in seven fucking years. So there's the one of the biggest keys you got to learn is the do list and the, the not do list. One of the books that I, I'll recommend to you guys is anything by Grant Cardone, to be honest with you. And one of the books I first listened to was he said, I know a guy who has the most car sales at his car sales company. And I watched this asshole cutting his grass on a Sunday. You know what I mean? If you like cutting your grass, and you're doing it for therapeutic purposes. Yeah, cut your fucking grass. But if you're doing it because that's what you have to do, bro, everything I look at, my wife's like, oh, can you do this? And I'm like, nope, you can find somebody. That's a four-hour project. You know what I mean? I don't, I am running essentially what we know as uh, one of the largest police training companies in the country. What the fuck am I doing hanging pictures? Like, go on fucking Craigslist and find a guy to come in and hang pictures. Call, Call the guy who hangs everything else and fucking, so it depends. People have said, oh, well, you guys should make your own T-shirts here. It's not worth it. It's not worth it for us, right? I have to outsource that. I don't want, I'm not running a t-shirt company. Do you know Walgreens uh, doesn't own any of their buildings or CVS? So they build the buildings and then sell them and they lease them back for 30 years. Do you want to know why? Because not in the fucking building management business. They're in the Walgreens business. So you got to ask yourself the question is, is that part of what you can do? Is it worth it? Account for all your time. And if it's not, then keep doing it the other way. You got to play the numbers game, dude. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is is it's a time saver because I can drop off a large order and while he's taking care of it, I can work on other stuff. So yeah, you got it. that's the answer, dude. Now, but again, make sure that's the answer. Put yeah. a lot of thought into that shit. Make sure that's the answer. If anybody wants to jump in and can offer advice too, like don't think it's just my 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 platform. Like you guys can just say like I have one for you too. Like, I think there's a so feel free to jump in and give any uh, anybody else advice here too. It's welcome. I am not the end all be all know all of business. I'm still figuring things out myself to be very clear there. I'm, I'm trying to figure a lot of shit out myself, but some of this stuff I figured out already. That's why I wanted to help you. What's, what's the next one, Andrew? You got one more? I think it's, so far you've answered everything else. Just um, Have you felt about the answers? Do you feel like they make sense? Definitely. I, okay. I, and I think, and I, think I, I knew kind of what the answer was before. 
but again, it's that fear knocking that everybody Watch gets, you know, the fear folks, it yeah. will fuck you up. If you know you're onto something, you have to control the fear. You've got to learn how to dance, but it never goes away. Boys and girls, my fucking life is more fucked up than all of you, right? I just, I have a million problems, but I tell you, listen, people say, Hey, how's things going? I got a million problems, but I'm the luckiest man you'll ever meet in your life. Think about what I'm saying when I say that. I got boys and girls. I got fucked up things going on in my life. I promise you that, you know, but I'm fearful of a lot of things, but I don't let it dictate how I behave. I was fucking terrified to get on planes, terrified. But I said to myself, well, if you're going to be this guy, you better get your ass on a fucking plane. And I'd sit there and I'm telling you, as soon as it's 10,000 feet and you're able to unbuckle, I'm in the bathroom shitting my brains out because my body wants to, I'm a wreck. I'm a fucking, I'm an anxious wreck. Now I enjoy flying. I push myself far enough, but dude, I was a wreck. And I'm like, Lord, why does this got to be my life? I know you want me to take care of your men and women in blue and I will, but please stop making me fly this much. It's fucking killing me. Literally, it was torture, Andrew, fucking torture. I would call people and I la- I'd be fucking like, oh, after I fucking landed, a wreck. I don't fly like that anymore. Now I've, I've learned about it. I'm, I'm actually very, I love flying. I love it. Like it's my fucking, it's my jam. I fucking love it. Um, so you boys and girls got to watch boys that fear, man. Follow the common sense. Follow the, the, the good judgment. I love it, dude. I just, I, I love your business. I think it's so good because you're in control. You know what I'm saying? And, and dude, I'm telling you, I love it. Like, I love the scarcity of it. 30 knives a fucking month. When you go to production, I just have a concern with you starting to like lose the, the allure of what it all started with. It's like, you ever watch American Choppers? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, you watch them. They had the one, they had their premium bikes and they started doing a factory. And from what I heard, those bikes were dog shit. And they just fizzled out. It was gone. They were no longer this boutique shop. He opened uh, Bob and uh, Phil. He opened uh, a shop in uh, Long Beach Island. The son, Paul Jr. He actually married the girl. He married is a the, her brother's a cop in Jersey. And so, if you actually Google her, you'll see he, his name comes up. Uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. Nice guy. He's been in my class a few times. But they're gone. Like Orange County Choppers is fucking gone. Why is Harley Davidson not gone? You know, think about these things. Mm-hmm. Orange County Choppers had a real shot at it, but they went too fucking broad, dude. They should have kept it with the, if they would have kept these high end bikes, just that, you know, they wanted to fucking scale. Those fucking bikes, they make their $250,000, $300,000. Got greedy, you know, I don't see got greedy, but you'd be surprised what happens when you start doing the 30 a month. You might get some other shit going on. Like, hey, we want to sponsor you from fucking so and so. Hey, we want to, we want to have you as a consultant for fucking, you know, on a Remington knives or whatever. Yeah. I think my, what I'm viewing as a limitation is actually, like you said, it's kind of a, it's a good spot to be in right now. Guess what? Now, now you raise it to a thousand a knife sells out in a minute. Guess what you do next round? 1200 a knife. Guess you do the next round? 1400 a knife until it stops selling out in a minute. You'd be fucking surprised. I bet you at 2000 a knife, they sell it faster than you could ever imagine because we were like, Oh my God, 2000. These things are really fucking amazing. And now you're making what sixty thousand a month. That's seven twenty a year. That's an insane life. That is a life that you never thought you'd have. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. I am fucking telling you. You, you would be amazed at at actually how some of this stuff actually works. And I want to remind everybody again: you must self educate nonstop. You've got to be you got to be like be in these books. You could be a freelancer, you could be an artist, but like you got to get some business advice going in your ears. 
I hope you found value, dude. I hope I really want to give you guys from my heart. I want you guys to fucking really find value in this. I definitely did. Thank you. Think about imposter. Like I'm even having imposter syndrome right now, right? I'm like, who the fuck am I to sit and try to give advice? But at the same time, I also know that what if I didn't give the advice and maybe it helped one of these guys or girls? Uh, all right, uh, let's do uh, let's do Josh. How you doing? Hey, Josh, how are you, man? Good. So I uh, recently opened up a uh, home uh, theater business, and uh, I'm a I've been a cop for 15 years here in Oklahoma, and uh, you know one of the biggest things that I was going to come to you and ask, which you've really already answered, is how do you how do you get that leap of faith um, and get out of law enforcement and just you know be confident in yourself um, because it, it is easy to look and say, hey, I got all these benefits, you know, insurance is cheap. Uh, you know, I honestly don't need the income from being a cop right now. Uh, it's not because of my business because of that. I've been successful in the past with investments and things like that. So I don't need to be a cop anymore. Uh, I still love it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a canine officer and like, you know, I first got my first dog bite the other day and you're like, yeah, I have a passion for this job still. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, is it, you know, if you can go and do something else and be just as successful, is it, is it worth, you know, getting shot in the face the next day? Cause yeah, I got three kids, you know, I mean, I'm literally sitting in the car right now because my kids are all home yelling and screaming so I could be a part of this podcast. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, is it worth it to, uh, continue to do this job when you have something, which my business is new. I've, I've opened it about a month ago. Um, you know, don't have a lot of income yet, but I have clients lined up. And so the income is there. Um, and uh, you know, it's about being marketable. But again, you know, my thing was was going to be to ask is how do you how do you leave law enforcement, which you do have a passion for, um, but to be your own boss? How do you leave anything that that you might like to go do something else? I always tell people this. I'm like, you don't have to your next move doesn't have to be your final move. Just in your mind, it has to be the next best move. So we'll have young people here you're like, what do I do to for like, what do I should I make? How do I make money? I'm like. It's pretty simple. If you're making 18 an hour doing this, um, the place down the street pays 22. Well, I don't love this or that. It doesn't matter. That's not the conversation right now. That's just the next step. And it's just piece after piece after piece. So you don't even got to be that right about it. You just got to know that it's the next best step. That's right. it. And it, it and feels like a good time to get out. Um, I mean, I don't want you to get into this whole thing of like, I guess that's one thing you can, you can weigh in on like, why could you get shot in the face? Well, you could also have a fucking stereo drop on your head. You know, I, I get that there's inherently more risk at being a cop, but don't weigh that too much of a variable because like we've all accepted that in the beginning as it's a real thing. It's part of this job. And I guess that changes when you have children. I'm with that. Right. I, I understand that completely. Um, but I drive to work. I fly on planes and I don't let the fear of me get killed. You know, I think I went to a Tony Robbins conference one time and he said, you know, how many people could be driving down the road tomorrow and a car comes in the opposite lane and just hits, hits you and kills you? And everybody's like, yeah, everybody. He's like, yet yeah, you still get in the car and drive. You know what I mean? Right. So, I don't really think about it each day. It's just uh, when you sit here and you talk about it, you think about it and you think about it. Is, your yeah. life Josh, it is a factor in the, in the pros and cons list for sure. There's no question about that. Just don't make it your number one factor. Right. And uh, I, like you said, uh, uh, I think it's, you know, just jumping off being, you know, confident in yourself and, and being successful, which, uh, you know, talking to these guys, it, you know, it sounds like, uh, yeah, you just have to make that leap of faith talking to you and, uh, and just go for it. 
if it's right, if you are if you are well aware enough to know that what you're doing is correct. And here's another bad, uh, pretty decent idea. Find people that you trust that aren't going to be judgmental, that aren't going to tell you to play it safe and say, what do you think? Find three. Bounce it off. If you're, if you're even a little bit of doubt, I don't bounce shit off anybody. Because right? now I know that I know what I'm talking about. Um, but maybe if you're in a position like that, maybe just find three people and say, like your best friend. I have a best friend that, brother, we are, I love him to death. I could say anything. I could tell the guy like, yeah, I've been doing this. And it was like, I've been doing heroin. He'd be like, well, you know, there's probably a good reason you were doing it, but let's try to get you some help. Like, and he's a fucking police lieutenant. He, so there's, there's what I'm making by that is, is he's, there's no judgment with him. And he's somebody who's uh, maybe not be a millionaire, but he's certainly arbitrary enough to know what's good advice and what's not good advice. And we, we, we go back and forth with it. We live different lives and he's my best friend. I love him to death. So just for a little peace of mind, find three people that say like, well, what do you got going on? Well, that's like, hey, it sounds like your shit's good, dude. Maybe you want to take that leap. What happens if it doesn't work out? Well, I can go back to police work. I hate plan B's, but, you know. I always, but, you know, always, will always be there. I mean, it, it's not going anywhere. You're in Oklahoma, dude. In Jersey, it's a little different. In Jersey, it's hard to get back on the job. It's a, it's, it's, it's a whole different animal here. But you're in Oklahoma to take anybody. Right. Yeah. And, and they will. I mean, we had places hiring them left and right. I mean, they, we can't get enough cops, you know, to I know. the job. Um, so, yeah, getting back in would uh, would not uh, be a hard thing to do at all. And I, I actually have taken your advice and uh, uh, have asked a few people and they're, they're like, well, it's about damn time that you finally did this. Uh, so it's, you know, it, I think it is. It's just really hard to believe in yourself. Because you, cause you're in, you've been fight, flight, fear, right? That's I mean, that's what you've been. It's, it's in your body. You can't help. It's a million years of human race programmed into your fucking brain. What you have to learn is to understand what it is, acknowledge it, and then understand that you control it. Like, I'm telling you, like, I'm like, boys and girls, here's a reveal to the fucking 330,000 people that subscribe to this podcast. Like, I've got a real issues with some creepy, crawly fucking bugs. I just do. Like, I can't pick up hissing cockroaches. I'll fucking die. Right. But I've gotten better. I've made progress. I know in my brain that it's just a fucking brain thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's not my top priority right now. My top priority is not me getting better about fucking my interactions with fucking pre- like fucked up bugs. I don't care about the little ones. That don't bother me. I'm talking about these fucked up creatures that come out of nowhere. Right. When, like, I mean, I, we take, I mean, get these fucking crazy things going on. I'm like, oh, I can't handle this. You know, where for some people, they're probably laughing because like, oh, I'm a hunter. I'm in the woods. I'm eat, I eat these things for a snack. I'm like, yeah, well, put, come into my arena. You're a fucking, I'll show you what the fuck we do over here. It's a whole different, whole different beast. So everybody's got their anxieties. Um, really, there's a book called, um, I can get my other phone. Let me see if I can just grab it in a second. You can find the audio version on Audible. I don't think you can find it on like playbooks or The War of Art. And the author is Stephen Pressfield. That is my prescription to all of you to start there since everybody's hung up on the anxiety of what the fuck to do. It's a book about, and guys, finish the whole thing. Don't say like, ah, I don't like this in 10 minutes. I'm telling you, finish the whole thing. The, the War of Art, if you want the audio version, it's on by Stephen Pressfield. It's on Audible. And it's a book about anxiety. Um, all right, uh, Josh, anything else? No, you guys covered a lot before you got to me. So um, You've been going a while here, so cool. Uh, Phil? And uh, so like, uh, where do you, dude, oh, your traps are fucking great, dude. Th- <laughs> Thanks. 
Are you naturally like an athletic dude? Uh, no, I'm actually one of the most unathletic people you've ever met. The only sport. Dude, me too, bro. And like, you've seen videos of me. Like, I'm actually like, you know, like I got, I got some pipes. Nice. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, I'm like, don't play basketball with me. Like, uh, don't pick me for your basketball team. Yeah, same. I was always picked last. The only thing I consider myself uh, efficient is bodybuilding. So that's about it. But other than that, you know, I can't catch a ball, throw a ball. All the good genetics are to my little I'm, brother. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not bad. I mean, I'm decent. I'm like, a, I'm like, you know, I'm a medium. And all yeah. that stuff. I'm not, I'm certainly not the worst. That's for sure. But I'm like a medium. Yeah. I, I, I uh, take accountability where it's due. So I'm, I'm definitely the worst. So you were definitely probably picked before me with a lot of things, but that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. But yeah. I appreciate it though. But uh, no, you know, I, I do want to thank you for uh, allowing me to come on here and speak to you and giving me some advice. My name is Phil. It's my pleasure. Like I, yeah. I, I honestly, it makes me feel so fucking good to be able to give back and everybody who's actually earned anything. This is like the guilt that comes along with like, you better fucking help other people. Yeah, but we love and, it. And a lot of things that you've already been saying to uh, Bob and Andrew and Josh so far uh, have been uh, answering a lot of the questions that I have. So right now I kind of just narrowed it down to now too. Okay. Uh, what's a little bit about myself is uh, my name is Phil Massey. I uh, have been in law enforcement for close to five years here in Morris County. Um, currently uh, I actually own a small supplement store with my business partner. Called I knew that was coming. Yeah, I've, there we go. Yeah. Put two and two together on that one, but uh, I, I own a small supplement store, also in New Jersey, located in Ledgewood, also in. You could say the name, dude. The 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 name of the town or the store. In the store. In the oh, store. Yeah. It's uh, Flex Nutrition. Okay. And uh, my business partner, he's actually in the academy right now, um, so he's going to be finishing up in about a month or two. But we've been operating since 2015, so we sell sports supplements, health products, prepackaged meals, and. Uh, one of the, the biggest things that we take pride on is genuinely helping, helping people and uh, leading them into the right track and seeing their progress and helping them achieve their goals. Um, we're pretty well known in that immediate area with the uh, local law enforcement agencies for our prepackaged meals uh, that we give out. And uh, just overall, we're very well influenced in the Morris County area. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're fairly successful since 2015, we've grown exponentially and we're still uh, seeking to grow our uh, Instagram will admit it's probably not the largest following, but we are building a website at the moment. Um, and uh, we, we, there's just some small issues that we do want to not fix, but we just want to expand on. Uh, like the one is trying to touch base on uh, other law enforcement agencies uh, outside of Morris County that would be able to um, take more into consideration their, their health and wellness. So we know that, uh, in law enforcement, right? It's it's one of the most unhealthiest professions. Working nights, going fast food places. When you retire, the uh, the longevity rate isn't the most favorable. Um, so we want uh, law enforcement uh, specifically to uh, be able to realize how important that is. Uh, so we just want to touch base with that, and that's just in the law enforcement aspect. But now, outside of law enforcement, what we want to do is try and draw the people that are um, right now purchasing mainstream items from other corporate owned businesses that are $20, $30 above retail value compared to the things that we carry. Um, so those are just the two things that we're trying to do to just expand. Um, right now, like I said, we're, we're, we're fairly successful, but now we're just trying to grow outside of what we have going on right now. You're probably in one of the toughest spaces there actually is. Um, and 
you know, I was actually relieved when Andrew said that he wasn't in the gym business and he's in the knife business because it's super niche. Uh, it's a tough business, dude. And, you know, for me, it's the first thing I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm going to say a few things and I, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I want you to just me to help you be clear. There's a few industries that are very, very difficult. One is physical fitness is fucking hard, not impossible, but it's hard. Restaurants are very, very hard. The reason is because there's so much competition. I used to say to people, or I tell people, if you can sing, what a fucking curse. If that was the thing that you got, right? If that was the, if that was the gift that you got to sing, to have this beautiful voice, what a fucking curse. Because think about what you're up against. How many mainstream, beautiful voiced singers are there? I'm not talking about rap artists and this. I'm talking about somebody who can fucking belt out some beautiful notes. There's, I don't know, how many people are in the United States? Is it 320, Bob? Okay, so 320 million people. We have what, 25 to 50 mainstream singers that you know of that are actually having success? Like the names, right? You know, fucking 50 people. We, if we really put our heads together, we could all probably name five different people each. So that's a 25 that don't overlap. You've got, I don't know, fucking Rihanna, right? And like in Beyonce and all these people. So what a fucking, what a curse to have because you have to be so motherfucking good. So good. What does the, what does the NBA league take? Three, 400, 400 players a year. You know, that's 400 total playing the whole league. Everybody's trying to be NBA star. So the second thing I have to tell you is this is, when you have convenience and, and you're cutting out the middleman, I'm not completely against brick and mortar, but the brick and mortar has got to come with some real intrinsic value, right? So there's got to be some real magic happening in the store that can only happen in the store. Whatever that magic is, I don't fucking know, right? You guys mix concoctions for them there. They go in, they're your friends. They get personal fitness advice and diagnosis in person of what they should be taking. But don't forget, when you're the middleman, you're not making the product. You're not the customer. You're stuck right in the goddamn middle. You got to be careful because direct to consumer will fucking kick your ass. And you're watching vitamin shops close all over. Right? I mean, they have been getting their butts kicked. I think vitamin shop is, is doomed. Essentially, would you consider yourself somewhere in the same business as vitamin shop or how do you differentiate from it? Um, yes and no. So uh, it's funny, actually, that you say vitamin shop because I actually used to work at one prior to. Was uh, it closed? Actually, no, it's not just yet. Uh, also, they're, they're doomed, by the way. Yeah, they're they are. Done. They are uh, 100%. But uh, they, they tailor more specifically to um, general population. In terms I knew you were going to say that, yeah. You know, vitamins and minerals. And they do carry a lot of uh, corporate mainstream products. Who makes um, your stuff? We have a lot of uh, companies that don't generally cater too much to marketing, so they they tend to put a lot of their finances straight into the product. But uh, I don't know if I'm allowed. Can I kind of name drop? No, I fuck. A lot of these companies, uh, but a lot of these companies that we carry is uh, like Nutribio, Axon Sledge, uh, Muscle Force, um, Innova Farm, Lycopro Supplements. Uh, these guys, uh, most of them actually are New Jersey based, but they pride themselves in quality. Are you are you catering to specifically bodybuilders? No, not at all. So okay. we 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 are also um, pretty versatile with who we serve. Uh, but athletes, anyone that does any sort of bodybuilding, law enforcement, your average Joe, uh, where it's kind of like a, a, a an 
it's we're, we're not intimidating in that sense where we're, we're very versatile. We're, we're well-rounded group of individuals. You know, like I just said, I, I'm not the most athletic, but my niche was personal training and being at the gym. But then some of the other guys that uh, we have part-time at the store, we have a female in there. Uh, we have a couple guys in there, their niches throughout their whole life was athleticism or just general personal training and health and fitness. So we're, we're pretty good group of, of guys and girls in there that uh, covers all the bases. You know, one thing I want to say too, is like for all of you is to really, really start to dial in your social media. It's everything. Mike, I can't, we, I was a girl waiting outside this podcast, waiting for me to get to her. I didn't even need another social media person. Somebody said, I know this girl. I said, bring her in. She's going to get hired. We'll figure out if she's good or not, but she's going to get hired because I can't put enough content out fast enough. Just the truth. Uh, I'm looking at your Instagram, dude, and I know that you're acknowledging it a little bit. Uh, You have 32, 39 followers, and some of your engagement on your posts are 39 likes, 45 likes. What's happening is is you're checking a box and you're not putting art and, and heart and passion into your social media. It's so funny when you start putting things into your social media, how your business starts to get so much better because people realize that you are somebody that offers something. So the things you told me what you're doing, should have done a video of that on Instagram, exactly who you are. All right. You mean you're explaining to somebody who you are? Tell the whole world. Hey, this is Phil. I run uh I run Flex Nutrition in Ledgewood. Um, you know, this is why we started the company, blah, 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 blah. You don't need a fucking production team. You just need to tell people what you do. Go live. Only seven people showed up. Yeah, keep going live. You'll have fucking 83 in about four months showing up and listening to you. You are you guys, you said you're doing prep meals too? Correct. We don't make them. We outsource that as well. We have a local guy that a uh, chef that makes them. He delivers it to our store. Um, so the margin actually isn't large on that, but that generates a lot of foot traffic, especially with a lot of uh, local law enforcement guys. They'll come in there, word spread. So the margin is, is similar to uh, like marketing with T-shirts, right? So that's our form of getting foot traffic in there. Uh, generates a lot of a lot of people coming in and then they'll pick up stuff on the way out as well. If it's a protein, creatine, shaker bottle, whatever it is. You ever hear of a company called First Form by Andy Frisella? Yeah, we actually carry that as well. Yep. Cool, man. I mean, I really be spending a lot of time looking at what his what he does. Uh, it seems like yours lines up pretty close to what he does. Sounds pretty similar to his stuff. Obviously, he's very, very successful. Uh, and, and a really nice guy. I got to meet him once. Super, super nice guy. Um, how much time a week are you putting into that? Not much. So the store is open 64 hours a week. So we're open 10 to 8, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4, Saturday, Sunday. Is your revenue continuing to go up? Oh, yeah. So here's a few pieces of advice. Stay ahead of the fucking game. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a business that if you fucking get caught with your pants down, they're going to fucking kill you. So if this wave is coming and it's coming up, like if they're going to fucking start doing this and you start, you just stay ahead of shit, right? I'm always worried about what a middleman and brick and mortar. I think what you really need to focus on is the experience in the store. And that's really the stuff that that brick and mortar can live on. And think about what I'm saying there. So how do you sit down with your partner and say, what are we going to do to make this experience better? Why would people come in here? So body fat measurements, right? Maybe free advice, maybe free books. Maybe you guys write a fucking 40-page book, Print take take three grand, print 250 of these, and everybody comes in and goes, hey, here's a 10-page guide on food. You know what I just learned? I read, you know, Mark Sissom is? No. Okay, so I read a book. This is the book I'm into. It literally changed my fucking life. You could literally take some pages out of this. You want to learn? I don't eat carbs. That's what I fucking learned. So I'll show you the book. It's called uh, 
two meals a day by Mark Sisson. That's what it looks like. And I would listen to that book and try to find, hey, man, here's a pamphlet for free. There's a book that we wrote. Put your name on it, your partner's name on it. Come into the store, just give it to people. Um, well, what's this? Well, this is a uh, this is a book, you know, like here's the things to watch out for. Here's power foods. How do you how do you do this? Stop drinking soda, just drink water, right? Like, or we do body fat measurements, or we have this cool thing that we do inside the store. We could, we'll spend five to 10 minutes with you designing a little bit of a workout plan for free. Oh man, that word starts getting around. Hey, you need a workout plan? Those guys down the street. Hey, hey, Jan, you look great. Yeah, no, I went down to those guys. I went to go buy something. They had me hang out for a little bit. They spent 15 minutes with me and we wrote a fucking workout plan and they followed up and they, they're going to feel, don't charge them a dollar, right? For free. That experience, dude, what are you going to do in that store? That's that experience. Um, Not free samples, not this, not that something that is like, you'll watch us doing a street cop. You know, we do, if you're an ultimate member with us, we do free one hour webinars. You don't even got to fucking like, you don't got to buy a thing from us ever. And I don't give a shit. I'm not withholding this information from you. But if you take our one hour pro, if you just joined, just learned about us, you can go right now and take 25 hours of free police training. It doesn't cost you a dollar, right? Join the ultimate membership at streetcop.com and you can just take it. And I think people are like, yo, we should charge money. I'm like, nope, that's not where that's, yeah, we're a business. We have to make money, right? But that's not where we make money. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. We're not fucking pieces of shit, right? And I've got to try to fill, figure out comfortably, how do I make sure cops don't die? Because that's not something I put a price on. So how do, I, how do I fucking figure that out? Well, I share the video of the guy that they sent the video in and say, I don't want to hold this from you guys. Watch this. Maybe it'll save your fucking life. So experience-based, follow first form, and be very careful of being the middleman. Because, dude, it is now battle with these prep meals. Why are your prep meals better? Why do they taste better? Why are they better for you? Are you designing the prep meals per person? For me, I'm eating prep meals, uh, Phil, and I'm like, why am I still fucking jiggling? Because I'm eating brown rice. He's putting fucking brown rice in my prep meals. I didn't know brown rice was horrible, right? And until I made for my body type, whatever it may be. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I got veins in my shoulders. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, Like, I'm not even trying to cut. I just eat meat. And minimally processed meat, no processed meats, no sugars, no carbohydrates. And, um, and I, dude, I'm like, I can't believe in six weeks what I look like compared to, you, like, I don't even have a fucking double chimney anymore, dude. Look at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that experience, Phil, you know, and making sure the fucking world knows who you are. The biggest mistake most people make is having an unobscured business. If nobody knows who you are, You'll have no customers. So let the world know through social media who you are. Facebook, Instagram, your next hire should be people who are just turning out constant content, but important content. I just went to a place. They did my car. They did. I got a new car. I brought it to this place and I started giving them the whole speech and they're very interested. And then we got a great product. What a beautiful place. And I started looking at their Instagram and I'm like, guys, you're not telling me anything other than the fact that like there are nice cars here and like there's not, it's not, it's not good. Right? Like there's, they're just based on reputation they're, but they're not procuring new people. The only thing that they're getting is word of mouth people, but you can fucking five X that word of mouth is very powerful, but like, bro, you know, we message we get like, yo, I've been waiting my whole life to find street cop. I got a fucking ad on Instagram that said that I should click here. And I did, and I'm fucking thankful that you're here. And I'm coming to three classes and I don't sell a shit product. Everything that has this label on it 
guys, I get, I get rid of instructors, right? We let people try. Th- look, we'll pay attention to what's going on. We bring people on. Now what we're doing is you can't say you're a street cop instructor until you get the fucking blessing, until you get like your badge and you swear in, right? Like you're not going to say you're a fucking street cop instructor anymore. Uh, that's going to be hush-hush until you're actually a street cop instructor. But we have people who are like, yeah, I'm doing my first street cop class. Like you're doing your first audition for street cop. After we watch it, we're like, most of it, thank God, is like, yeah, 90% of it's like, yeah, nah, this is guys, this is good. No, she, she's good. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do this one. But then other people, I'm like, I'm, I'm a pass. I'm going to help you with your business, but I'm a pass. And that's just how I run my business. I, I, I just, because when I say to you, hey, give us $225, take one of our classes, you're going to leave feeling like you fucking stole the thing. What a lifetime of knowledge based on what? A small piece of foundation. So, you know, watch, watch, your, watch your competitors online. Right? You got to watch that stuff. Maybe even think about shifting to online yourself a little bit. Get that raving fan culture, Phil. Maybe people like love you guys through social media. They'll be placing orders from fucking Oklahoma, right? Fucking Josh will buy your shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if he likes you enough. Yeah, yeah and I agree. I, I agree entirely. And, you know, we, we do admit that our social media presence isn't the most. Uh, then it, you could admit it all you want, motherfucker, but do something. Right. Yeah. Like I hate hearing that. Like, I'm not picking on you. I'm telling you because I care about you. Like, stop admitting it. Start fucking doing something about it. What do you do? I don't know, bro. Go on YouTube. How to run better Instagram, right? Follow other. You know what I do all day, bro? I literally scroll on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok to see what I engage with. And I'm like, ooh, this is good. Let's make ours. And you notice that some of my shit looks like other people's stuff, right? And some of my stuff's original. So you'll see a video. There's this guy doing these videos. We started doing them too. Smash hit a million views. Are you guys on TikTok, Phil? No, I'm not. No. Yeah, you better get your ass on fucking TikTok yesterday and, and posting three times a day. Bro, like you all need to have a calendar to account for what you do during the day. If you find time to like fuck off, you're like, ah, my business is doing good, but you just watched a movie for three hours, you're an asshole. Right. And most people's businesses fail because they allow it to fail. Right? Like, I'm serious. Like that's the truth. Oh, I have a business. Well, why are you out at this restaurant with me right now? <laughs> what, what do right. you mean you have a Yeah, no, we just started. It's a startup. Who's running it? I hired some fucking kid to run it. I'm sorry. You hired a kid to run your business. It's in the brand new stages. All right. So experience, dude. I, and I think everybody agrees with the things that I'm saying. It's a brick and mortar. You've got to have a reason why people come there. Think about the things I'm telling you and you know, really, really try to absorb that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You got to work on that, dude. And you got, you all have to go on social media. Even Josh, you've got to show people like Josh, here's simple stuff. Hey guys, this is uh, Josh Zoller. I'm here with uh, fucking in-home studios, right? Today we're hooking up this JBL. Um, What a lot of people don't realize is you actually don't need me to do this. This guy wanted me to do it, but here's what you do. You just take it from here. You take the red, you put the red into the yellow, make sure the sound quality is good. Bing, bang, boom. You're good. But make sure if somebody's doing it, make sure they connect to the red to the yellow. Uh, That's it. So appreciate you. Never, you can't cross them. So you don't want to be like, make sure you reach out to us for your fucking stereo system needs. No, it's like, hopefully you guys found value. Have a good one. We'll see for the next one, right? Watch the guys on TikTok, the plumbers who were like, yeah, this person's sink is clogged. What you could have done, watch this. I'm pouring up boiling hot fucking water into the thing. It's fixed. You didn't have to call us. So if your sink's clogged first, it'll never harm your sink to just grab uh, a gallon of hot water boiling water and dump it down your sink and it'll unclog it. You'd be surprised how often that works. 
oh, this is the guy, right? Hey guys, a lot of people do this, uh, blah, 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 blah. They, they install toilets the wrong way. Let me show you a few things of make sure that you do when you do install, install a toilet. People do this, people do that. Don't do that. Don't stick these things in here. You're going to clog this thing up and rust this, blah, blah, blah. Do it this way. Oh, shit, right? Who do you think you call when you need a fucking plumber for real shit that you can't do? <laughs> you know, they'll trust. You got to get people to trust you, Phil. Experience, trust, personality, social media, all of it, dude. Tell them who you are. Make people like you. Make people love you. Make people want to see you, want to meet you, and they'll come to you. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we're, since, since 2015, we've built a good rapport with a lot of people. It's great. Um, which is why we've we've been as successful as we are in the celebrity area. But um, you know, now we we want to up it up a notch. But we know it's not there without you know our social media presence and and you know the. Uh, the, the other competitors, like you were saying, like vitamin shop, but vitamin shop, we're not, we're not too, too worried right now. But, um, you know, I do appreciate that advice. So thank you. What other question? Any other question, Phil, before we move on no. to last but not no. least Monica. Yeah, that was, that was about it. Dennis, thank you so much. I'm going to also guess that Monica is in some kind of physical fitness category because everything okay. we're talking about, Monica's like, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And you look fucking <laughs> physically fit. You got the fucking headband on, like you're ready to go throw barbells around and shit. All right. My name is Monica Eaton. I'm also from Oklahoma. I've been in law enforcement for six years here. Um, Actually recently made the transition to full-time small business owner. Um, I personally own um, 5.0 Fierce and Fit. It's an online fitness and nutrition. I got to follow all of you before we leave. I got to follow all you guys. Okay. What's it called on? I want to find your Instagram. Um, My Instagram handle is Monica 2020 Eaton. What's your business Instagram? That's what it is. I just use my personal name. I have another private page, but that's what Hold I've on. been using. Monica? Mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. Eaton. My last name, E-A-T-O-N. Okay, cool. So you're only at 502 followers, which means you can actually change this to be the right one. So call it your company name. Switch okay. it. Yeah, yeah. So I would not be calling it Monica Eaton unless that's your company. If you're Monica Eaton and you're the freelancer, what was the name of the company? Five O Fierce and Fit. What a good fucking name that should be on everything. Monica Eaton is the, like, this isn't the Dennis Benino training foundation, the street cop training, right? So even, even our nonprofit, our 5013C is the street cop foundation of the Dennis Benino foundation. But if you know, I mean, I own the fucking thing. There's no, I don't have partners. I'm hundred percent, but I don't call it that. Cause like you can't, you know, nobody wants to wear Dennis Benino on their fucking shirt. Just like nobody wants to wear Monica Eaton on their shirt, but they will wear 50, whatever the fuck you said. Cause that's cool. So kind of the reason I did that is because I have my personal Facebook page, which is just Monica Eaton. And then I have, then I have a Facebook group that is the five Oh fierce and fit group. So I was trying to make it on your Instagram too. keep it consistent. Yeah. I was trying to keep it, make it easier for people to find me by name and then kind of shuttle them into my Facebook group. They'll find, they'll find you. They'll find you. They'll find five Oh before they find fucking Monica. Trust me. It's badass. Go ahead. So I, I became my background before I got into law enforcement is athletics. I was a collegiate gymnast. Um, and then I got into CrossFit. Um, but I've been coaching, uh, CrossFit for the last eight years and I've been a nutrition coach for the past three. Um, and so I decided to, to go for it and start my own business with this stuff. And, um, I've been all in since, uh, really recently this month, but I started up the online stuff in January. Who were your clients? Tell me about them. It started off by word of mouth with, with close friends and coworkers. 
Um, but now I'm starting to get people from across the country. I just signed somebody this week from Montana. Um, I'm working with somebody from South Dakota. I love it. Um, starting to kind of get that outreach to, to other, other states across the country. Obscurity is your number one issue. There's no question about it. So if you're going to be this person, one, I like the idea that you're a freelancer like Andrew. Um, your business model seems to be the same to me as Andrew's, right? 30 clients a month, super expensive, but you deliver the value, right? So how do you get, how do you get people to pay $1,000 a month or whatever it is, $500 a month to be your business coach? And the answer is by showing the value, by unobscuring yourself and becoming well aware and well known and to create a demand for your kind of fucking, your kind of training. And then, it, you know, honestly, yours can be a little more expandable because you can go into like, uh, you know, Monica's Eaton's like fucking guides and Monica Eaton. I would be doing a lot of content on YouTube on social, like nonstop. But like, I'm looking at some of your social here, just so you know. Um, I'm going to watch one of your videos. Why am I old man? Grateful I am. I am up to over 300 members on my Facebook group for Five O Fierce and Fit. Cool. A place for first responders to learn how they can improve their health and fitness so that they can thrive in their careers. Today is just such an awesome day, and I wanted to thank you all for your support. And I am so grateful. That I like that you come across so genuine. Huh. What is the one thing first responders struggle with most? What is the most important thing for first responders to focus on? The answer to both of these questions is the same. Nutrition. Most first responders I talk to will say, I think I eat okay, but I cut out good. some carbs, dairy, fat, fill in the blank. That tells me two things. One, you're not prioritizing nutrition. And two, you have no idea if what you're eating is actually good or not. Sorry if I want, but that's the truth. Taking control of your nutrition and your health ensures your safety at work. As first responders, our next shift is never guaranteed. Nutrition is something you can take control of to ensure you go home at the end of every shift. My programs make understanding. Okay, so you were almost on it there. Then you then you fucking threw the right hook in. So you 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 made it about Monica. If they like you, they'll ask you about you and how do we work with you more. Don't sell yourself, Monica. Give away your information for free and let like Andrew, you can do this and be like, just show people how you make knives. Right? Like just video yourself making knives. Every different fucking way. I just made this knife for a client. He wanted the fucking the blue line in the handle. This is what we're doing for him, right? This is the, what's this process here? This is the grinding process. I'm grinding a knife. Most knives, da, da, da. this is why this knife is so did And it cuts through fucking dildos, right? I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Like, so watch yourself, Monica, because you're worried about Monica more than you're worried about everybody else. And I'm saying that to be your friend, right? When right. you say, to learn more about this, check out my website. No. Negative. Here it is. I don't need you. I want to help you. It's all free. It's all free. It's all free. That's the way to go. Sure. I I, I think recently with kind of, I, I got three sales this week, which was the most I've had in any week. Um, and I think it's because I really started dialing in my social media content, but I, I'm still learning, obviously. Um, so it's, it's those things like that, that I need. Whether Selfless was, content, never yeah. selfish. It's part of it too. And I know you talked about price with, with Andrew is I, that's kind of where I'm struggling right now is trying to figure out a good price point. Um, because let's be real rule. Oklahoma cops don't get paid shit. Um, and I know there are other departments that do pay well. Um, so it's kind of gauging on, um, I started high on my prices and I kind of pulled them back down for a little bit, trying to get more sales coming in and it's working so far. Um, but kind of just trying to gauge a good price point that people will not, on the phone, tell me, Oh God, I need a part-time job to pay for this. And I'm like, Oh, 
this is terrible. <laughs> so finding the value and the worth and, uh, and not trying to devalue myself, but also being reasonable with people. Just like Phil, you're, you're in a, you're in a tough space. You got Adam Hadari from police fit nutrition, uh, who is, who is fucking watch out. Dude's a, dude's a beast. Is it police fit nutrition, Andrew? It is right. Or is he effective fitness training? He's effective. It's, fitness. It's effective yeah. It's effective yeah. fitness training. Hadari's my boy. He's a savage yeah. and he's going to, he's going to be steamrolling the fuck out of all of you. The guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's a, he's a ninja in business and, but he's a nice guy. So if you're going to try to create a product that's for police officers only, you know, you got to watch out, especially an online product. The guy's out there. It's mean, you can't compete or win or collab with him. You may want to reach out to him. So go to effective fitness training um, and, and DM him. Just say, Hey, I was on a podcast with Dennis. He's a he's a great friend of mine. I love the guy. Like he's a great fucking dude. And just say like this is what I'm doing. Da da da. What are you guys up to? And he just lived, he might collab with you. You know. So, um, I think that you have to put thought into. Just like I said with Andrew, is am I going to be an entrepreneur or am I going to be a freelancer? No problem being a freelancer. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to make money. People are confused. People always say, "Oh, I want to, I want to make money. I'm going to go open this." What would you rather do? Make 140000 as a freelancer or 41 as a fucking business owner? You know what I mean? Like people just don't. There are people who are freelancers. LeBron James doesn't own the fucking basketball team he plays for. He's a freelancer. And he's the most, he's, he makes a billion dollars a year. You know what I mean? So don't get too caught up in this shark tank thing, this fucking thought process of like entrepreneurship's cool. I got to be an entrepreneur. That's not necessarily true. Um. You need to put a shitload of content out. Um, you need to you need to get your clientele. Uh, you need to get a lot of them, and then once you have a demand, you can start jacking prices up. But you got to earn it first. Your product is just that not, is not that unique, like like Andrew's is. It's got a unique product. It's got a skill. It's got an art. Nobody can duplicate it. There are fucking 9,000 people who are fucking fitness fitness coaches. But good news, there's 90 million people who are fucking fat as fuck and need your help. Your client pool is never ending, right? Divorcees, wife gets divorced. She got to look good. She got to sell the goods again. Husband gets divorced. Got to get out there. Doctor told them they're in bed. They're looking at themselves in the mirror going, ah, fuck, I got to get in better shape. They see you. I'm a cop. There's this girl. It's affordable for now. You know what I mean? Hey, how about this? Do group classes, right? Make it affordable for fucking 10 people and do it all together right? instead of one-on-one. Hey, there's a one-on-one package. It's $500 a month. There's a three-on-one package for fucking $250 a month. Which one do you guys want to do? What's the three-on-one? Well, it's the same thing. You're going to hear the advice like I did here. Do a three-on-one package. Hey, there's a 10-on-one package. What is 10-on-one? I'm going to show you guys a bunch of stuff. 10 people in the group. It's 100 bucks a month. So it's not a one-on-one thing. If you want to do one-on-one, you really want it that bad. I can afford a one-on-one thing, but I know people can't. So yeah, I got a hundred bucks a month. I want to get in shape. All right. 50 bucks a month. I don't know. You could do that. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of ways going about it, but just worry about delivering the results and the value and the money will follow. Don't let money dictate your decision-making and how you behave because you are going to come off very, very, very inauthentic. And I know that your heart is well, it means well. You all need to fucking focus on on constantly, especially for the three of you here. On um, well, I'm gonna say Phil and Monica more than Andrew. Andrew, I think you're good. Like you know, what I mean, like I think you're good. I think you just gotta worry about your fucking your you're getting your get ready to party. That's all. You know what I mean? And you could you could you could dabble. What about for like Phil and Monica? Like 
I'm going to give you podcasts and you guys got to get fucking serious with them and, and books. There are so many goddamn books. Once you find one, you'll never be able to stop. I'm just going to my podcast uh, player here. The Gary V audio experience. Right. The Gary, you must audio listen to that. As a matter of fact, I think you should all listen to every four of these episodes. If you download podcast addict, which is only for Android, unfortunately. <laughs> so I've got my Android phone and my fucking, uh, and my, my iPhone here, but you can actually search if you had an Android or you can try to find Android the voice, you can go in here and put in, uh, there's a search function. You can put in 4D. There are 43 episodes, but there's probably 35 episodes. If you listen to those 35 4Ds episodes, you'll have a different, you'll have a different business. Or you could not. You don't have to listen to them. You can either listen to them or not listen to them. I'm telling you, you will have a different business. You will have more money every month if you listen to this. Uh, 35 episodes. It's They're about an hour apiece. So in 35 hours, you will have a different business by the time you're done with it. When you look at your fucking revenue at the end of the year, right? And like you're like, oh, I didn't make what I want to make. Just ask yourself, did you listen to the advice that was given? This is just macro advice. That's the micro advice and that shit. He knows better than I do. I know that. What else, Monica? Um, the other thing that I was considering doing, um, is I was trying to figure out if I wanted to stay in, in law enforcement part-time to kind of stay in that realm versus I've had people reach out to me already, um, trying to come in to speak in, in academies or in those settings as far as fitness and nutrition as well. So kind of the pros and cons of, of staying, keeping a foot in the law enforcement door or just kind of saying, nah, it's not worth it kind of thing. I think that's up to you at some point. And the point is, is like when it's not worth it to do it anymore. It's not worth it. At least in your mind. At least in your mind. And you don't have to put a money value on it, right? Like it can be like purpose versus money. Guys, if they bought, I I know the purpose of street cop training, but if it's purchased for $3 billion tomorrow, you know, sorry. (laughs) I mean, like, you know what I mean? But I'm not selling it for 10 million, right? Like that's not going to happen. I'm not selling it for 20 million, but I'd be scratching my head at 150 million. You know, saying, I don't know, you know, what, what, what 150 million plus what do I still get the message out? Do I get still to save cop lives? So, so I think it's just, it's, it's, do you do it until you, until it's like, all right, Monica, you can't fucking do it anymore. Like, you know, you got to go in on this other thing. Yeah. I think that you have to make the decision yourself. And once that, once that starts to happen, I think you'll, 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 really, you'll know when that time comes. It's just trying to, trying to juggle everything. Cause I, I coach CrossFit like in person also. So interesting. You better start recording that and put it on social media. I do actually. I really? Cause it's not on your Instagram. And what our members doing and all that good stuff. Cause I don't see any of it on your Instagram. Well, it, goes, it goes to my story. So it's not, you don't got to put it in your story. You got to put it in your fucking feed. I don't see anything on your, I don't need, like, I, I know who you are, but like, let me see you coaching people. To me, you're a girl who works out by herself. That's what I say in your driveway. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so record all that stuff. Uh, well, listen, I appreciate you guys. Um, taking the time to be on here and hopefully other people find value in this podcast, but thanks for the support. Phil, I'm sure I'll run into you. Yeah, I'm sure we're local, but uh, yeah. So thank you again. Yo guys, like tell me about your, like, as you go on, like DM me and tell me like what the fuck's been going on. I'm curious what, 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 what happens. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I'll see you. I got to go run a company. Take care of that. Thank you. Hey guys, make sure you're joining our street cop training Facebook group. For law enforcement only, we have over 94,000 members. You don't want to miss out. Constant free training. It doesn't cost a dollar to join. We want to get you the training you need and deserve.